Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yes, he wants a lot of money, and he can only get that by killing the Baudelaire children. But he also really wants to be a respected actor. <laughs> and that's such a strange combination of traits. As a theatre person, that's not that strange of a combination. <laughs> Rusty Quill presents Enthusiasm. Hello, friends and fans, and welcome to Enthusiasm. This is our show where we talk about a few of our favourite things. I am your host, Helen Gould, one of the best Rusty Quillers. And today we're talking about my absolute favourite damn subject, and it's villains. The hot, hot evil ones. Excellent. Woo. And I am excited and delighted 
to be joined by Kathy, Gabriel, Hannah, and Lex. We will, as always, go around alphabetically. So, Kathy, can you give us your pronouns and tell us what you do? Hi, I'm Kathy. I am she, her, and I am audio master at Rusty Quilt. Wonderful. And next up, Gabriel. Hi, I am Gabriel, he, him, and I am tech support assistant at Rusty Quill. Fab. Hannah, you're next. Hello, I am Hannah P. I am one of the producers for Rusty Quill. I work on Rusty Quill Gaming and our Patreon. And pronouns she, her. And last but absolutely not least, Lex, please do introduce yourself. What are your pronouns and what do you do? I'm Lex, he, him. I made uh, the Decca tapes and I'm currently working on my first novel. Ooh, exciting. What's it about? It's about a non-existent Soviet state where uh, people are fighting a war of fake news. Oh, that's intense. We wouldn't know anything about that, would we? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) No, not at all. Close to the bone. Everyone laughs nervously. (laughs) Not pulled out of reality at all. (laughs) Well, good luck with it. I hope that goes well. Okay, we're going to jump in with our first question, which is basically, why are villains interesting? I think my thoughts on it are, I find villains interesting because I always have a morbid curiosity for why bad stuff happens. Because, I I mean, I think of myself as a good person. I don't think I would ever turn into a serial killer or anything like that. And so figuring out why other people might do that is interesting to me because it's something I cannot imagine doing. That's just what a serial killer would say. (laughs) (laughs) A serial killer would definitely say, I am not a serial killer, except for the ones who do say that. Yeah. (laughs) I knew Helen was the one to look out for. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to a lot of true crime, (laughs) know a lot of horrible things. (laughs) Does anyone else want to uh, give me their take on why you're interested in villains? This is going to sound weird, but maybe it'll be kinship to what Helen said. Find them kind of relatable. Mm. In the sense that, especially a lot of like modern day villains, they all, there's this pattern of uh, having a backstory that led them to where they are now. Mm. And it's usually something that we can all see ourselves in. Mm. But it's just something, whether it was events or a way of life that just kind of turned things in a different direction that led them down this path. I think it's kind of like what you said, Helen. You kind of see yourself in like, well, if I had done X, Y, and Z and followed that path, I wonder how things would have gone out. Mm. Yeah, I I would say a good hero is someone you would hope to be Mm. and a good villain is someone you're afraid to become, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good way of putting it, Lex. Good line. So both sides should should be really relatable. And of course, once you became that person you were afraid of becoming, you're going to make the best mm. of it and become a charismatic version of that fear, right? So <laughs> <laughs> you should have fun with it. <laughs> I wonder if there's also something about how heroes are often presented as making the difficult choice over and over again, because doing the right thing and the good thing is often much more difficult. Mm. And so being a hero feels less attainable. Right. And less relatable. Yeah. Have you guys seen uh, Unbreakable? 
with Bruce Willis. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So I'm going to have to spoil stuff to make my point. <laughs> Go for it. Do your worst, Lex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I love how in that movie, basically, the villain is someone looking for meaning. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, he needs Bruce Willis. Mm. And in that way, he gives meaning to Bruce Willis's life. I'm calling him Bruce Willis because I don't remember what the character's name is. <laughs> Oh my god, I also don't remember. Is it David? <laughs> his character's Bruce Willis, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his character's always Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. but, but basically, they're both like trying to project meaning, right? And I thought mm -hmm. it was such a genius, genius plot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think some of the best heroes versus villains are when they are essentially the same person, but just they took some crucial different decisions. Yeah. Gabriel, what do you think? What interests you about villains? I do agree with what's been said in that, you know, well, I mean, there are kind of two paths, right? There's the villains that you relate to that it's just, you know, are the one bad day mm -hmm. kind of villains uh, that you can really see yourself like, like I could maybe snap one day and go down that path. But then there's also the, you know, the, the flip side. And those are the <laughs> ones that are a little bit more fascinating to me personally, because it's just like. You look at this person and what they're doing and and they're just, you know, enjoying whatever horrible acts they're committing. And it's like, I will never, my brain will, you know, 100% never work like that person's. And that is absolutely fascinating to me. So that's where we're talking about, like, sort of something that you cannot comprehend. Right. Like, say, um, what's he called from Halloween? Jason Voorhees. Ah, Jason. <laughs> Jason's from Friday. Uh, so Michael Myers from Halloween. Oh, Michael, Michael Myers. Myers. Yeah. I get them mixed up all the time. Halloween, Friday 13th, are like the same thing in my head and I don't know why. But yeah, Michael Myers is a good example of just like an evil that you just can't understand and that makes him scarier, mm. I think. And he doesn't stop. Right. And I think that's the scariest thing, yeah. Hannah, what about you? What do you think? Well, you guys have definitely touched on on some of my answers for sure. The, uh, you know, there but for the grace of God go I kind of a deal is is always fascinating to think about, mm -hmm. as well as the things that are just morbid fascination of like, I can't fathom how this would happen, but I must look and understand it. Mm -hmm. I also think it's interesting that both heroes and villains, at least the good ones, have like a cause. They have a reason that they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. And a lot of the best villains sort of see themselves as the good guys. I think I think that got mentioned as well. And it's it, it's very interesting to examine it from that perspective and think about like, if I were in that situation, would I also see myself as the good guy and view, mm. you know, the hero as the villain, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, perspectives and, and motivations, it's, yeah, that's one of the best places to examine them is in our, our lovely, and as Helen said, oftentimes rather attractive and charismatic antagonists. Because, <laughs> <laughs> damn it, it's true. <laughs> Let's talk about our favorite villains. Ooh, okay. You can choose more than one because there are lots of different characteristics that make up a good villain, um, which is something that maybe we'll talk about later. I would love to hear from some of you about that. Well, first would be Alex. <laughs> oh, our Alex. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I have heard enough Rusty Pool gaming episodes now to see where, where Alex being a villain has become a regular thing. But we respect his craft, Kathy. <laughs> and I appreciate that. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> I respect it. I admire it. I think he's misunderstood. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's really great. <laughs> the true big bad was Alex Newell all along. <laughs> and maybe this is just 
the part of me that loves musicals speaking up. Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Yeah. Dr. Yes. Horrible himself. Just such a wonderfully unique and quirky character. And I, I love the fact that you can see everything that he goes through uh, from his perspective. It's perfectly logical, but mm. just with that tweak of, well, all of this is wrong, so I just have to fix it because nobody else is. Mm-hmm. And then we get musical numbers thrown in, and we get Nathan Fillion thrown in, and we get, you know, all these <laughs> wonderful extras on top just of Just Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a really interesting one because, you know, he's a villain, but he is the hero of that story. And we root for him the majority of the time, and which, you know, makes the the, the transformation at the end all the more bittersweet, right. uh, as it were. <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we saw the villain, uh, spoilers, we saw the villain succeed. Right. And mm-hmm. it's not what anybody, including the viewer, actually ended up wanting. Right. But we got it anyways. Yep. I haven't seen Dr. Horrible's sing-along thing, <gasps> but... Oh my Hell god. For for a very long time. Okay. 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 <laughs> Should we just like pause the episode and just uh, give a quick watch? <laughs> like, all right, stop everything. <laughs> I've forgotten everything that minutes. happens in it. I'm I'm going to I'm going to one up you and say that I have no idea what you guys are talking about right now. Oh, oh okay. no. Let, let's explain. Let's explain to Lex. <laughs> so back when do you remember the writer's strike yeah, yeah. in the US? Yeah, of course. So back that time since there were nothing but like reruns going on uh, cable TV and the idea of internet content still hadn't quite taken off as a full viable medium. Just we got together with a few actors and close friends and they wrote a musical that was made just for internet viewing, mm-hmm. just for streaming and YouTube. And it took off. It took off in a big way. Mm-hmm. And it became a proof that that kind of medium could work oh, wow. in the, the entertainment space. So it's basically about this guy who calls himself Dr. Horrible. <laughs> he wants to essentially take over the world because he wants to fix it. He sees a lot wrong with the world, a lot of people mm-hmm. being mistreated. He sees heroes not being heroic but rather using their machismo to kind of do things to their own advantage and take advantage of their position. And so he keeps trying to foil the plans of the heroes and trying to create chaos and anarchy and keeps getting thwarted by the local hero who is uh, Captain Hammer. (laughs) Captain Hammer. And you follow through this short little storyline of like, you see him both in his his villain persona of making a blog online, trying to talk to his fans like, this is what I'm going to do next. And this is how I get it, uh, admitted to the, um, the evil league of evil. <laughs> Thank you. The yep. evil yeah. league of evil. <laughs> and at the same time, you also get cuts of his day to day where he's infatuated with this girl who is doing so much good in the community, but ends up falling in with the hero and his internal struggle. And you said this is a musical? It is. Yes, it's a musical. Yeah, it's, a musical. <laughs> yeah. it's a five episode musical and there's songs all over it. It's wonderful. Okay. It's an experience. <laughs> Would recommend. Definitely checking this out. What you mentioned that brought to mind is Count Olaf from the unfortunate series of... Oh, oh yes. Oh. Series of unfortunate events. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I think because 
what's his face plays Count Olaf in one of the versions of that as well. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. We're just forgetting people's names all over the place. What's his name? Neil Patrick Harris. N- yes, that guy. <laughs> that guy. He's a very good Count Olaf. Mm-hmm. But Count Olaf is like one of the quintessential villains for like children's fiction. Because he does this? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> does the villain fingers. <laughs> For the audience, we all simultaneously did the did the hand yes. rubbing thing that villains do when a plan is going to, to very well. What's interesting to me, I think, about him is that, yes, he wants a lot of money and he can only get that by killing the Baudelaire children. But he also really wants to be a respected actor. <laughs> and that's such a strange combination of traits. That's not that strange. As a theatre person, that's not that strange of a combination. <laughs> no. That's pretty typical, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hopefully we wouldn't try and murder children to do that. No, no, no. I, I, I kid. I kid. Probably. <laughs> yeah, and that's a that's a good example to bring up, because that's probably like one of the first villains that this generation was exposed to. Mm. I know it, it was one of my first real series that I went through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember he was pretty terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> He's what I would class one of those ones who I can, I can, on, on a very base level, I understand the thought, I would like some money, please. <laughs> we all been there. I don't understand anything else about him. <laughs> and like, the other thing is like, he has such elaborate schemes. Mm-hmm. It's ludicrous, the stuff he comes up with. Gabriel, who's your favorite? I have been trying to think, and I think I've actually narrowed it down to two. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I think for sympathetic villains, speaking of uh, antagonists that a lot of people start off with and that I certainly grew up watching, Prince Zuko from Avatar. Ah. Ooh. I wondered if we were going to talk about Zuko. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah, he is easily, easily one of my favorite. I don't even know if I can call him a villain, but definitely antagonist. I think he's a villain at the start, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. just a villain who gets a redemption arc. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for villains turned friends. Mm. And that's probably the quintessential bad guy to good guy story in my mind. Mm. However, on the other end of the spectrum, one of my favorite villains that has come out in the past decade, I would say, I don't know if you guys have watched uh, the Marvel Netflix series at all, Kilgrave from the Jessica Jones series. Yeah, I've heard a lot about him. David Tennant, right? It's David Tennant, and it's uncomfortable David Tennant. Yeah. (laughs) I love it when David Tennant is uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Those are my, I, I would say that those are my current two favorite on, you know, on either end of the, mm. of the redemption spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> David Tennant plays an excellent villain, honestly. Yeah, it is absolutely fantastic. I went from watching a Doctor Who for the first time to watching that and it was, <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs> what a total whiplash. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Lex, what about you? Do you have a fave? Yeah, so we talked about Unbreakable earlier. Mm-hmm. I love... I love Mr. Glass. Mm-hmm. I, I like picking one is is so hard, but one of my favorite scenes ever is the opening scene from Inglorious Bastards, <laughs> where yes. Hans Landa does like the ultimate cat playing with his food scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it actually is, but it feels like like a movie. It feels like an hour goes by before like you know everything goes down yeah Mm -hmm. right it's so and the thing with that movie is that it's a brilliant movie but the opening scene is so brilliant 
like for me, it never gets back to that point after that. Yeah. Right. The tension is just, uh, I saw it in the cinema and a week later, uh, I just went again just to see that part again, you know? Yeah. But to me, nothing gets close to that opening scene. Yeah. No, that's yeah. With, with the huge, he, he, he smokes this huge pipe. Yes. Like everything's so odd. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's such a villain pipe. <laughs> it's great. But it gets ridiculous every time you think, okay, now, now it's about to get dark. And right. then something ridiculous, like, like he pours some more milk, you know, something ridiculous happens, mm. which makes it even more dark. <laughs> and somehow it makes it, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. makes it scarier somehow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I seem to remember. Remember that with the pipe thing, it's because the guy who's hiding Shoshana and her family pulls out a pipe, and then Hans Lander pulls out a bigger pipe. Yes. <laughs> I think that's what happens. Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's a real good choice. And I love how they change languages at some point, mm. and he says it's because it's easier for him. But then it turns out it's actually because he doesn't want the people beneath the floorboards to understand what he's yeah. saying. Which yeah. is just—it's so simple, but so you know. Very, very. Creepy. That's the stuff that gives me that gives me panic attacks when I'm trying to write a scene that someone wrote <laughs> that scene. You know, oh, <laughs> what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When we were talking about villains with no morale or or that are just impenetrable, mm. it made me think of the artificial intelligence in Space Odyssey. Oh, I think it's called Hell. Hell? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't do that, yeah. Dave. <laughs> I think it's called Hell, and then a number like six thousand or yeah. something. Uh, Hell nine thousand, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and and it's just this ominous red dot, mm. and from the beginning, you just feel. Like th with hell, they won't be friends for long, but it just works because the voice is so soothing. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and right up to the point where he's like pulling out the mainframes or whatever to 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 make it stop, it's still scary mm. because it's so uh, abstract, right? And there's right. such a, a there's no human uh, connection at all, and it makes it really scary. So I guess that's like the ultimate, mm. like non-relatable villain kind of. Right. Just entirely like unfeeling. Feeling. Yeah, yeah, unfeeling. Yeah, th yeah, that's that's a nice Pure word. Pure logic. Yeah, yeah, it does not care. Like, yeah, it's almost like an insect, right? It's just it's it's just listening right. to its programming, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Lex, have you um have you played Portal? I was just about. To. <gasps> oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I was actually, uh, my brother got kind of upset with me two weeks ago that I hadn't played it yet. So I've uh, literally installed it uh, three days ago. Oh. So don't spoil it. Don't okay. spoil it. No. <laughs> yep. nope. I think it's obvious from the beginning, isn't it? Well, Portal 1 or Portal 2? I'm starting with 1. Portal 1, it's pretty obvious from the beginning. Portal 1, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. And it's good okay. to start with 1. And then Portal 2 is a little, a little more involved but uh, yeah there's more nuance to portal 2 i love portal 2 yeah you'll you'll have fun you'll have fun with us <laughs> great yeah <laughs> so much to do yeah keep an ear out okay just because when you said about the calming voice i thought i know we a know robot that, that does not sound <laughs> <laughs> hooray hannah who's your favorite Ooh, well i think i think i'm gonna have to be a total nerd and go for some old material Ooh. do it Shakespeare, Richard the Third. Oh, just like the opening monologue, and he's the main character, but he is clearly such a villain. And his opening monologue is basically, "Here's why I'm such a villain, and I'm going to do terrible things." And he proceeds to just do a bunch of terrible things, but you still kind of root for him because he's just so good at talking, and like he's not even 
you know, it's it's interesting playing with the the hot villain trope because he's like physically deformed and everyone goes around saying like, oh, you're just such a like miserable. I hate looking at you, blah, 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 blah. But he's really good at talking and he's really charismatic. And when you see good portrayals of this character, like the audience is absolutely on his side. And then he goes and like has children murdered just purely because <laughs> he wants to get power. And it's it just messes with your head. So I, I gotta, I gotta put that one out there. And then, of course, both the modern interpretation and the original interpretation, we need to talk about Loki because it's, it's gotta happen eventually. <laughs> yes. Tell me about Loki, Hannah. Oh gosh. I'll, I'll tell you about Loki, Helen. Um, <laughs> settle in everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so this is very interesting to me because the modern like Marvel interpretation of Loki, clearly, especially with the new series, very much the sympathetic villain, like, here's why he's doing what he's doing. And don't you just kind of feel bad for him? And doesn't it all make sense? And mm. and they, they do a pretty good job of that, I think. In like the original mythology from, you know, thousands of years ago, Iceland or whatever, it's it's so much more in the other direction. And this could just be because like we don't have a lot of source material to draw from. So there's a lot we don't know about this character. But it really just seems like he's he just shows up and decides to wreck shit and then he does and there's never a reason it's just that he was bored and then like the world almost ends but he also oftentimes is the one who fixes the problem after he has caused mm. it so that's interesting and yeah it's it's really fun to me that first of all that this character is like still being talked about and well loved mm. that many years later i just i always think that's cool but um yeah, the the different variations that exist now of the original version, which is so just chaotic and random and no one really knows why he's doing anything to the modern version, which has this whole big emotional backstory and you feel bad for him. And and yeah, it's a, a, one of my favorites for sure. Mm. Does anyone else want to talk about Loki? I am not very well versed in Marvel in, g in general. Me neither, I'm afraid. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, uh, I actually have not watched that series yet, and I feel so ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Hannah, Hannah, I understand. Thank you, Helen. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I think that the Marvel Loki is... I think he has one of the... Uh, has a very interesting character arc. I think that the Loki TV series, I have really mixed feelings about it in terms of how believable it seems to me mm. that the Loki of the first Avengers film would go on to do everything that the Loki in the TV show does, yeah. because I feel like it would take more than what he goes through to change him that much. That um, was my sort of one hang up on that as yeah. well that I had to suspend my disbelief yes. about is like, I feel like it'd take more than, you know, a couple of hours basically to have that <laughs> drastic of a change, but, but okay. All right. Yes. Um, we'll have to, we'll have to move on from that because my instinct was then to start talking about the other villains of the Loki TV show. Cause Loki is not the mm. villain in that show, Yeah, <laughs> but, but not everyone has seen it. So. Oh, that's interesting. He's a good guy. Yep. Theoretically. Well, oh, cool. Yes. <laughs> Mostly, yes. <laughs> I feel like most people in that show are morally grey. Yeah, that's just a very morally grey show. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is doing what they think is best. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're going to take a break there on our little discussion of Loki. 
And we'll be back in a minute with... I think we'll talk about the most villainous villain next. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, folks. Helen here to talk to you about a new show on the RQ Network, The Milkman of St. Gaff's, which is a bi-weekly horror fiction podcast that combines odd humour and impending doom. And I know how much our fans like that. Howie Coxwell, a new milkman on the island of St. Gaff's, is the lovably naive narrator. He lied about his past in order to get the job, and to get away from the war on the mainland, but he's swiftly realising that he's going to be doing much more than delivering milk, because the milkmen on this island are also gathering intelligence on the strange things that lurk under the ground. To follow Howie's journey, search for the Milkmen of St. Gaffs, that's G-A-F-F-S, wherever you get your podcasts. Happy listening! And welcome back! So before we talk about who we think is the most evil villain we've come across, since we've been talking about Loki and and he's, you know, a god, <laughs> I would like to talk about the devil, who I think is probably the most famous villain in like Western society mm-hmm. and is sometimes referred to as the enemy. Yeah, capital E. <laughs> yes, because there have been lots and lots of different portrayals of the devil and of demons throughout the ages. I haven't seen Lucifer. Me neither. I have. (laughs) In that the devil is a guy sort of helping investigate crimes, I think. Basically, yeah. Like he decides he's kind of done running hell and just goes to Los Angeles and has a nightclub (laughs) and ends up becoming friends with this police detective who's investigating murders. Mm. And it's an interesting take on like, you know, the whole point of the devil being in hell is to punish people who do bad stuff. That's what he's interested in doing. So he starts doing that on earth by helping to track down (laughs) murderers and stuff. Yeah, there's been an interesting like surge of of shows and movies that take the devil and make like an almost like endearing like relatable you know kind of character uh like mm-hmm. lucifer mm-hmm. even like anime like oh, the devil is a part-timer oh that's right <laughs> i forgot about that one <laughs> or i don't think it has a specific uh devil but like just demons in general a uh, good place mm-hmm. i would say also falls in that category of just taking this historically like ultra evil you know like the you know ultimate evil uh, archetype and just mm-hmm. somehow making it relatable and it's uh, yeah i don't know it's just been a really interesting trend lately that i've noticed the good place is interesting because it's quite explicitly not intended to be christian theology right mm-hmm. and yet it's pretty clear that there are demons <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not supposed to be like explicitly that but i mean there's uh there's some one-off jokes that are very clearly uh, pointed mm. <laughs> michael learning empathy is some of the best tv <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yep. laughs> but to me, from the Middle Ages, like the devil was all, always this invisible force, right? Mm. So, of course, right. once you get to hell, it's uh, it's flames and demons and the whole uh, shebang. But but on Earth, like his ways are like hidden beneath symbolism and numerology. And that's the only way you can see his proverbial footprints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's basically, it's really easy to to get in line on the wrong side. So I think that's why making him like an approachable human figure is actually... Uh, like a modern pop culture way of doing exactly the same thing that 
mythology has always been doing like mm -hmm. like the scary thing about him is that he's the ultimate evil but it's mm. so easy to to like get really close to him or it or whatever you want to call it right right and mm -hmm. and that's what at least to me especially as as like when you're really young and you're learning like i haven't been raised religious or anything but when you learn about these ideas like the scary thing is that you can't really <laughs> almost like hell 9000 <laughs> there's only this dot <laughs> and you don't understand what's going on but you know it's bad and and you're not really sure how to avoid becoming bad also mm -hmm. and and i think that's what makes him such a strong mm. uh, figure like as an as an enemy like how do you fight that right, right. so you have to go you have to go in and and not be sinful yeah <laughs> which is again very complex but that's why i really like what you said uh, gabriel like turning him into a relatable human kind of feels the same right. to me you're like oh i want to go shake your hand <laughs> but i shouldn't <laughs> right mm -hmm. it's, it's such a right. weird juxtaposition mm -hmm. uh, but it makes the character so interesting because you never see his true face the notion of always having to be vigilant and you never know what, you know, the big bad thing is going to look like. It could be anything you could be doing. It, you could already mm. be doing terrible things and you don't even know yeah. is definitely, yeah, a, a scary aspect to the whole thing. Mm. And like you mentioned, yeah, like in the Middle Ages, it was just, you know, everything everywhere <laughs> was probably right. the devil somehow. <laughs> yeah. And you got to be super careful. In a way, not only the evil incarnate idea, but also... The misunderstood villain. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. From its origin story of Lucifer disagreeing with God or going against God and being cast out of mm -hmm. heaven mm -hmm. to, to land in hell. He did mm. one thing wrong. Right. And now he's forever in yep. charge of hell kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I could see where some of that sympathy story that we have now in modern times kind of like bleeds out of that origin story. One of my favorite recent interpretations of the devil uh, comes from uh, The Witch. Oh, yes. 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 One of my favorite films. Yeah, and I think that interpretation very much goes along with what we're saying of, like, the devil is just, like, an, an ever-present, like, just mm. evil, just around, and it's just, it's always tempting you, and it's always, like... It's interesting to say, like, a lot of the times, you know, like uh, Helen was saying with the original story of Adam and Eve, the thing that you're being tempted with isn't necessarily inherently evil, you know, uh, but in in the case of the witch, it is. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't just an interesting look about how villains, I, I think just to the psychology of villains and that, you know, it's 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 wanting something more. It's wanting that chaos in the world and i think in the witch that that interpretation of the devil is just a very good representation of that just the chaos of temptation i guess <laughs> i mean what black philip says is sorry uh for those who haven't seen it black philip is a black goat in the film that turns out to have been... oh yeah we should say that the interpretation of of the devil in this movie is a goat <laughs> it's, it's a literal goat yeah <laughs> what he says to Paul, what's her name? I do know her name. I forget the character name, but it's Anna it's Taylor. It's Anya Taylor Joy. Joy. Yeah. yeah. What he says to her character after stripping everything away from her, like killing her entire family, mm -hmm. what he says is, Would you like to taste butter? Do you want a pretty dress? Mm -hmm. What's thou like to live deliciously? Mm. And I was like, Of course you say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do we not all want to live deliciously? And eat butter? Right. Especially after especially after all that. It's like what Lex was saying. Like it, it it's like what happens when 
all of you has been torn apart and broken down like yeah and you're just yeah i love that film so much i could do an entire podcast about how much i love the witch oh it's beautiful yeah it's such a good film okay so now i want to ask the question who do you think is like the most villainous villain like what who is the villain that you've read or seen in media and you think that's the most evil person or thing that i can think of Uh, they don't have to be your favorite but they have to be like like i'm thinking of villains that are actually scary yeah for me personally these aren't like supernatural villains i personally don't find those scary but the most like just like god under my skin villains um i have to go over to game of thrones and uh joffrey Baratheon and ramsey snow oh yeah very good two of the just like most despicable characters their actors play them so well and i respect them Mm. for it and i respect them for it but oh man yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i was trying to i was trying to remember ramsey snow's name Mm -hmm. today because i was we were talking about game of thrones and um I think I said he's. I think I said he's the bastard with the sausage. (laughs) 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 Well, fair enough. Yeah, (laughs) that's not incorrect. But that's the scene I remember most. No, probably (laughs) waggling the sausage. But yeah, those are really good picks, actually, Gabriel. Because you forget it's so it's so well done that you forget that they're not actually that those people. <laughs> mm. I don't know how spoilery to we should get on this, but when those two finally meet, their you know to their respective ends mm. is probably the two most satisfying moments in that entire show. Mm. Yes, because I think that's what you know a good villain is really just leading up to a good villain death, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> The point of a good villain is to look at a character and be like, I cannot wait <laughs> to see you. Like, <laughs> yes, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah. And both of those characters for me just really just like, oh, <laughs> I want to see you gone. <laughs> yeah. The, the love to hate the villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I think for me, one of the most evil villains I can think of is the mayor from Buffy. Oh, that's oh, wow. a great one. <laughs> And I think that's specifically because he's so affable and so nice. And you can see how he could be a really nice, good person in another life. Like the way he treats Faith, Mm -hmm. like he is the first, like, vaguely positive influence in in Faith's life that she feels she can really trust because she trusts Buffy and the others at first and then she feels like they betray her. Right. And she feels, and I think crucially, she feels like the mayor won't judge her and that's very important for Faith at that time. I think the season three is one of my favourite seasons of Buffy purely because the mayor is in it. And like, the, the guy like eats massive live <laughs> spiders. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> he's determined. Mm. I think, yeah, I think he's really up there for me for like most evil slash terrifying villain. Do we have any other takers? I'll throw in another Buffy villain, actually. Ooh. Because what I want to answer is is some vague statement about like real life people doing terrible things, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of fictional villains. Yeah, let's try and talk about fictional stuff. <laughs> I'm going to throw in Glory from uh, season five, I think it is, because she is really not sympathetic. Like, there's no backstory. She's she's just a force of evil, and Mm. she's completely, for a very long time, you just can't 
do anything about her. Yeah, she's a god. Like, all of the other villains, at least if Buffy got close enough, she could punch him in the face and they, you know, stagger back and it's like, okay, well, at least we can punch him in the face. But Mm. she just doesn't react. She just is like, oh, well, that was rude and, like, breaks her arm or something. Yeah. That was a scary moment to encounter after a whole show. Yeah, because Buffy runs away from her, doesn't she? Yeah, she Mm. gets her ass kicked by Glory, like, over and over again. (laughs) And then, of course, the whole... (laughs) Spoilers. Of course, the whole (laughs) plot line of, you know, oh, damn, she's basically trying to come after my sister, and and I can't do anything to stop it. Mm. Just that inevitability is really striking to me. Mm. (laughs) Kathy, Lex... Who do you think is the most evil villain you know of? This uh, last example made me think of, I don't know his full name. It's Anton something from No Country for Old Men. Anton uh, Chigurh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So th- this this completely, you couldn't gauge this guy. And wherever he went, people kind of mm-hmm. were confused by him. And then they he murdered them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, <he> was, <laughs> that is one that I would also compare to HAL 9000 in that. Yeah, just just unfeeling. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a pattern arising. You're being yeah. you're being my therapist right now. We're getting closer to some kind of primal fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. He also has this kind of insect quality where he just keeps going, mm-hmm. and it's it, like nobody can stop him for some mm-hmm. reason. Uh, yeah, and he scared me. Yeah, and he just like doesn't <laughs> see anyone. He just doesn't see people as people. Like, it, it, they're all just, like, yeah. a thing that's in the way. Like, mm. Yeah, well put. I think that's... Uh, he uses specifically as a weapon uh, the cattle gun. Yes. And I think that's extremely Ooh. telling Yeah, that he uses that as a as a reoccurring weapon. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, he, and he looks at people, like, almost... Like, from a distance, right? He's, like, he's like mm-hmm. a little bit confused, like, observing... What are you trying right. to do? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. almost like a person looking at an ant, the way that he yes. looks at another a yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought it was really well done. Absolutely. All right, Kathy. How about you? Oh, I've been waiting because it's hard to think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's he's the most villainous villain, but if we go back to Gabriel's point of like the villain you would love to see be rid of or you know die, whatever. I'm trying to remember the name of the priest in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Frollo! Frollo. Oh, Oh, excellent choice. (laughs) I mean, that is just... Ugh. The the portrayal of mm. pious yet pompous yet slimy, and you see it like continue to degrade mm-hmm. throughout the movie. I remember watching the first time I watched it. I was surprised that it was a Disney movie because I didn't expect to see a villain that intense right. mm. on the screen. Yeah, for for an animated movie, but just see seeing him warp throughout to the point where it's like he's this religious figure who basically looks like he's turning into the devil himself mm. yes. you know halfway mm-hmm. through the the movie it's just yeah get rid of him no <laughs> not good no no <laughs> none of that is such a good choice frollo is absolutely terrifying yeah yeah absolutely absolutely just before we move on like to the next question i feel like we're gonna get it so many comments if we don't mention gus uh from breaking bad in this little section here Ooh, that's yeah. an interesting one yeah because 
I don't see Gus as a villain villain. I see him as an antagonist to Walter White, who himself right. is becoming a villain. I, I very much agree. But he is very good. He's so smart. And just extremely cold and calculated mm. and just uh, a very matter-of-fact villain. Yeah. And I, I, I like that. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's such a genius character. It's just very, this is what's going to happen. Like, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's made me think of another one. Oh, no. We could just keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah. Okay. Just to quick, to quick throw it in, since we're talking about genius villains, uh, Moriarty from Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah. Versions, oh, just all versions. All yes. versions. Yeah. I'm re-watching yes. uh, Elementary right now, and that's oh, yeah. maybe my favorite. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'd also like to mention, not for being scary, just for being notable, Samuel Jackson's character from the first Kingsman movie, where he's, oh, okay. yeah. he's evil, like he's 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 a he's a villain who like is trying to get control of the world, but he hates the sight of blood. Yeah, <laughs> his thing with blood throughout that movie is so funny. It's so good. So when he gets grossed out, when like he gets cut, like yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh like, my god! It, it it's like he great. shoots someone in the head and then he turns aside and throws up. And he's like, "Oh, that was awful! I hated that." Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, what what about Hannibal Lecter? Oh, oh Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. Lecter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, there's so many good ones, you yeah. guys. There's too many good ones. We're just, this whole podcast is just us shouting characters. It's yeah. just us yelling names. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to draw this episode to an end. I think this has been the most, the one I've had the most fun on. <laughs> Yay, we win. <laughs> we win. But don't tell the other episodes that. <laughs> Thank you all so, so much for talking about this with me. I am always fascinated with antagonists, villains, monsters, scary, evil things. And I am glad to be able to share that fascination with you all. And thank you, listener, for coming with us along the journey and we'll see you next time but for now it's goodbye from me and it's also goodbye from them do you want to say goodbye everyone goodbye everyone (laughs) enthusiasm is a podcast distributed by rusty quill and licensed under a creative commons attribution non-commercial share alike 4.0 international license it is directed by helen gould Produced by Lori Ann Davis, with executive producers Alexander J. Newell and April Sumner, and edited by Marissa Ewing, Tessa Room, Jeffrey Nils Gardner, and Catherine Ranella. Thanks for listening. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello all, it's Helen here the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming, and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Program. The Program audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, 
and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for the Programme Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode.